day on the disc golf course or maybe just camping with friends and don't want to struggle in search of the perfect edible to elevate the fun well pearly baker edibles has you covered with their new and convenient day trip box and campfire box each one has just enough variety for any cannabis consumers palate and you can share with a friend or just enjoy alone Uh, the day tripping box has the jerky and lighthearted lemonade each medicated at a hundred milligrams of THC, the Gone Nuts, which is a delicious, sweet and spicy deluxe nut treat, at 150 milligrams of THC, and the Fruit by the Milligram, uh, delicious fruit leather, uh, with 50 milligrams of THC, and that's for like your normal day trip to a disc golf course, you know, out with friends. And then there's the Campfire Box, which is the perfect s'mores kit. Uh, as the Coco Loco Bar, which is 200 milligrams of THC, the Smoosh Mallow and Stoned Cocoa, each at 100 milligrams of THC, and Graham Crackers, perfect for that stoned s'mores. Uh, Pearly Baker Edibles are made with whole flour in small batches for your best experience, and they can be found on Instagram, in storefronts across Michigan, and with cannabis delivery services. Follow them on Instagram at Pearly Baker Edibles, and we thank you for being a sponsor, and please... Let them know that we sent you, and you can receive a free peach ring. Uh, the best thing I like, the most, what I like most about Pearly Baker Edibles is the play on the traditional snacks that we had as kids growing up, and you'll see that with your free peach ring if you tell them we sent you. So, thank you. Back to the show. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Where Is This Going? And that pod, a podcast about artists you may not know yet but hopefully will soon grow to appreciate at the very least in the studio today we have from the ryan experience ryan clark how you doing ryan hey what's up how's it going glad <laughs> no. to be here uh we're in the stooge yeah here yeah. at the stooge coming to you live almost um you can follow ryan on instagram at ryan exp that's short for experience uh and that's where you'll find the ryan experience on facebook and um not so much Twitter as well, but yes. All right. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Um, we're here to talk about Ryan, and it seems like such an odd name to say, uh, mostly because it's a word, and I, I, I connect with you on that. Uh, my first and last name are actually common nouns, and 
and orange rind is oh, yep. my first thought when I think of your name or peel, but some people say rind. Uh, I like to think about, you know, watermelon is what I tell people. Yes. Okay. I'm not too sure. <laughs> or you get like Renee or you know, sometimes you just roll with it because you get to almost be another person. <laughs> I have multiple identities. It's whatever they see. That's right. Yeah. Um, that's a baseball player from the Chicago Cubs. Okay. My dad liked baseball and did a little league in 08. Nice. We won championships, but I did throw in the towel. Nice, um, nice. <laughs> was it because you were just you were above it all then at that point? I mean, I was in the part of the outfield where balls don't usually go. Yeah. But they knew that if one was going to go there, that I would be ready. Yeah. <laughs> he will always be on the ball, if you will. Yep. Yeah. Um, but it didn't happen much. But I did get hit by a ball and then i went to see uh, at the time it was the fourth indiana jones just came out so <laughs> nice. it was a really bad day but it ended with a you know a cinema mastic you know <laughs> a it, cinematic masterpiece yeah that's it yeah i was trying to abbreviate that <laughs> a cinemasterpiece yeah cinemasterpiece there we go we can make up new words all the time a cinnabon you know whatever that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's a real cinemasterpiece um so ryan you are do we say front a front man or um i would say there's a big difference with the project with i almost feel bad going underneath the name at the live shows because mm -hmm. the band i put together over the past two years is a really good band and i almost feel like we could be a separate group but right uh, on the record uh, i'd say it's definitely more of a like solo collaboration project mm -hmm. Hell yeah. so, like uh, my most recent one features 37 people i try and just resource people where i can and right. bring in even friends just to say like talking parts and like Mm. You know, I like doing that side of it and just kind of shaping the records. But then when we play out live, I try and carry over some of the same sounds. So. Right. So I guess more of the front man in the, the live setting. Right. And the uh, the collaborator, I guess, if you will, the orchestrator of yeah. all of it as well. Engineering a lot of it, uh, putting it together. Right. Whether it be planned or unplanned. <laughs> so you your main gig is guitar or yeah. what did you start on? Uh, so we started... In going into the sixth grade, and I was going to mm -hmm. do band or orchestra. I think I was going to do cello and orchestra and trombone and band. Mm -hmm. Missed both of the deadlines. <laughs> My grandma and great-grandma both played accordion very briefly, but they had a couple of them, and they had some sheet music. And a natural influence as a kid was Weird Al, like... Oh, yeah. I still credit that to some of my songwriting ability. Like, <laughs> uh, it's very quick with words, right. very witty. Uh, then I just started doing that for a little bit, and as I got more into rock music, switched over to guitar. Mm -hmm. You couldn't, you didn't bring the accordion over to rock music. That would have been my first jump. I've used it a few times now, but uh, writing parts like off the scratch is a lot harder versus you know playing a pre-made piece. Right, right. But yeah, from there uh, it was pretty easy transition into uh, bass guitar. Mm -hmm. I started singing because I had to. <laughs> so that kind of went its own direction in a way, and mm -hmm. then uh, keys have been. Just a constant, especially lately, back and forth with the guitar, like sounding out the same chords on the keys. Right. Did uh, did your accordion work help you uh, catch on to the piano, I would assume? Or yeah, it gave me a good starting point, I would say. Awesome. Just going from there, I was able to just recognize some of the same chords and sounds. Right. It's, it's a whole different beast. Yeah, um, I would imagine. I could never have the uh, mental capacity just to know where i know it goes in a pattern but i just don't know where the keys are i don't know what's what i can read music fine i played saxophone for oh. a number of years but i yeah when it comes to that like i can only i can only play uh saxophone and clarinet that's all i got 
just because those are the only things I know the fingerings of. Those are great, though. I mean, those are two solid instruments. So. Oh, yeah. If I had one, it'd be really cool. There's oh, one right yeah. here, oh. and I could play it, but Corona. Um, that's the same read that's been on there for, I don't know, three months. I, Jake, take care of your saxophone. Um, All right. <laughs> moving on. Uh, so in sixth grade is when you uh, just picked up the accordion, and then it progressed from there, basically, or yeah. going into sixth grade. Something uh, like that. Then come like end of middle school, going into high school, I formed my first band with people I went to school with, mm -hmm. and that was a huge stepping stone into like kind of wanting to do a project like I'm doing now. Right. And you, you're from Lowell. Yep. Nice. Uh, lived same house for a while, same town for forever. So we moved oh, yeah. like a few blocks over one time. <laughs> it was a weird transition, but uh, so same year I became an uncle, uh, we moved into the new house. I, I thought you were gonna say alcoholic. Same oh, year, <laughs> same well, year I became an alcoholic. It's I, the same uh, house I've become an alcoholic. <laughs> and it's where I've grown comfortable. Yeah. Uh, how old are you, Ryan? I am 22. 22. A uh, little early for alcoholism, but I mean, smart to get it in now. Yeah, uh, I figured you know, have fun now and. Right. At the age of 22, <laughs> I was recovering from a crack addiction. So it's, I say, if you get it in young, you have your whole life left to uh, fuck something else up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> years and years. Years. Uh, so your first band it, that you say is kind of, uh, I don't want to say reminiscent, but it's kind of similar to what you've collaborated on or what you've created now, that type of experience. Uh, experience. <laughs> but... <laughs> what um what was that first band called? Do you remember? Yeah, uh, did quite a bit of work with them together. Uh, I think it was 2014, 2015, uh, The Preservers. The Preservers? Named Life after, preservers? Uh, uh, yeah, well, no, no, actually. <laughs> your, your story sounds better. Go on. <laughs> uh, it was from a Kinks album called Preservation mm -hmm. Act. So we okay. kind of did a play on the name, and I was like, well, we're going to play rock music, so like preserving that in some way. Kind of stupid, whatever. Right. I'd never been good with names. It should have been called the Conservatives. The, know, cons the, the Conservers. <laughs> the, the conserv <laughs> I'm always a fan of mixing words. <laughs> um, so where did you, how long did that last? You said you did a, quite a lot with them. Yeah, uh, so the person I first started playing music with, who has been like my longtime drummer throughout everything, uh, Patrick Cargill, mm -hmm. my friend Jeremy, we both started doing uh, radio up at the high school. Right on. And from there, I found out his brother played drums, and me and Jeremy, like, I was just getting into guitar. I knew that he had a guitar. Mm -hmm. so we're like, let's try and throw this together. Right. And then uh, we had a friend in our class uh, named Karina, and we knew that she played bass, and her whole family was musical. So we were like, well, this will make sense. Like, <laughs> bring her in. And yeah. from there, uh, we started doing, I guess, some instrumentals, and we kind of looked for a singer for a while, and then just got to a point where I wrote some words one day mm -hmm. and decided, like, well, maybe I'll try out singing. <laughs> if and I have to. Yeah, and I <laughs> fell into the position, and we ended up doing a self-titled record that had my first song that I wrote on it, which was an eight-minute-long concept song, similar to that of, like, Rush or, like, Tommy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Some, something <laughs> epic like that, and just a bunch of other tunes, and I co-wrote with uh, my buddy Jeremy. Mm -hmm. And from there, like, you know, everyone hates the first record. We hated it. We right. still do. Um, <laughs> we were able to write some new songs in the time being, and... Just after we graduated, we did our second album that we did all ourselves, self-produced. Mm -hmm. We stole some Pro Tools right. stuff. And <laughs> Skipped out on the free trial. We, we nailed it. Yeah. Uh, from there, uh, I mean, I knew Karina was going to go down to North Carolina for schooling. She's still down there. Right. So, yeah, after high school, things kind of started to Yeah, Jeremy went out. to Michigan. He's still going there. Uh, 
And I knew Karina had a brother, Jerry, who was, you know, just a whiz at just about every instrument. Since her whole family was musically talented, yeah. Yeah. So I reached out to him. I went over to his house, and a guy named Bill, it's like one of his buddies he was mm -hmm. jamming with, just played some songs for him. He said he liked it. We started right. doing, like, duo sets together to begin with. Hell yeah. So that kind of started off there, I guess, leading into the project. And the drummer, Jeremy's uh, brother, was still two years away from graduating. Oh, so yes. a young dog. So <laughs> we kept him around until he ended up eventually going to college. And then right. we have more personnel changes. But It's like building a basketball team. Like, uh, we, we still have these sophomores to rely on. But uh, pretty yeah. soon we're going to have to pick, start doing some recruiting. You it know? was just uh, a lot of, like, whoever was around and... I was in a punk band for a while called Alien Dogs that mm -hmm. came friends with, and eventually they needed a bass player, and Preservers was kind of ending at that time, so a perfect right. time for me to get musically involved in an active project. Right. So it was like a... And taking a different role, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I really liked that because I just got to like pretty much write my own bass lines, sing back up, and nice. every now and then I'd throw in like you know some sort of chord change, but mm -hmm. I, I was trying just to hang back and just have fun at right. those shows. Trying to contribute contribute to the overall sound but it is it's definitely a different role uh still what collaborating i don't know why i use that word so much yet it always escapes me uh still being a contributor in that collaborative art but not at the like head position which uh, a lot of people i think would agree that it takes pressure off of you if you're just kind of doing the oh, playing yeah. your part and not like organizing the everyone playing their part you know what i mean and I mean, it was a three piece, so that was really like easy. And it gave me some experience to like go into, uh, went to Cold War Studios with Rick Johnson nice. and getting like a, I guess, studio feel for the first time. Mm -hmm. And then made like longtime friend with uh, the drummer Mitch, who has been on tracks. We've done shows together as like duo. Right on. Uh, so just bringing in like another person to jam with and mm -hmm. developing chemistry with a lot of different people too. Yeah. And that's what was uh, great about, because you said it was Karina's brother, um, that you got together and just kind of started jamming and doing some duo yeah. stuff with him. And so developing a rapport or a chemistry that you can also bring to a larger group, uh, I think it's smart, but also just beneficial to uh, a overall cohesiveness. Yeah, I mean, you make a lot of friends along the way, and mm -hmm. like there's some stuff you like do with some people, and you're like, oh, I didn't know where this was going to go, and then now right. it's somewhere else, and it's always really cool. Yeah, years down the road to see where the journey's gone, definitely. I, I mean, I have a ton of friends that meeting whether in the music scene when I was in like high school or like early on in the comedy scene to be like oh I'm just gonna go travel across the country with some of these people this is not not ever you know something you expect uh, but you said you had gotten started in radio in high school was that late high school uh, it's pretty early I think right in the beginning of high school at the time they were just uh, internet only station mm-hmm and I was interested primarily like they were doing uh, like filming a sport events and I wanted to get in the camera. So right. did a little bit of video work with them when they were still filming. And then once I got the FM license, it really ramped up with just the on air scheduling. Right. Cover on. Yeah. Coveraging all the sporting events, any sort of like remotes where like sometimes we go to the movie theater and play music in there. It's mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, people are coming in and talking about movies they saw and stuff. Right. So a lot of fun stuff. And I started doing uh, with Jeremy a vinyl radio show where we just play records and chat. Right. Which I'm still, uh, I started doing again, so which has awesome. been fun going And is it there. on the same station? Yep. Or, so that's super cool. So it was it like, was it your high school station or yeah. was it independent? So it was part of the well, school funded or? Not necessarily. There was, they ended up like towards the end of my high school experience putting in 
uh, a few classes I could go with it. And I think I actually took one where like one of my hours was just to go and help the station manager with whatever he kind of needed done. Okay. And then just learning more of like the routine of the station. Right. He actually had a health scare when we were in school and he's, uh, he's older. So we weren't sure if he was going to make it or right. not. So we figured out exactly what it took to keep the station running. And it's, it's an insane amount of work, like a right. lot more than what you would think. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, a lot of people don't think much of the radio in general. Yeah. Uh, just, just because it's it's now that people have their phones, it's all right. I'm just gonna listen to what I want. Not what uh, it's the same thing I, with TV. I think there's too. still some novelty to it. Though, oh, yeah. definitely, definitely. I'm not okay. Hey, I'm not <laughs> knocking the radio, and I need you to know that. Oh no, I'm, <laughs> I, I know it's uh, you know some people like it, some people don't. You know, yeah. It's radio. I I listen to the radio today in my grandpa's car, um, and not just because it's my grandpa's, but because there wasn't an aux cord. But uh, <laughs> but it, it, it's the same thing with like TV and Netflix, too. Like a lot less people are watching like cable and it's right. just all streaming services, which sucks because there's so much great talent uh, on air. Talent is developed on uh, on the radio um, and podcasts and things like that. But a lot of podcasters or like even comedians started with like morning radio shows and things like that. So I love. I love observing on-air personalities. That's my favorite part of the radio. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I dig music and stuff, but not usually pop, you know, top 40. But <laughs> with everything just has the same beat. But uh, it's the – I like the in-between. And so I'm, I'll listen before they start playing music, like in the morning. Um, but what got you interested in radio in general? Was it the vinyl that got that furthered that interest or passion? Um, I would say as I got into it more, because I didn't have records to begin with. Mm -hmm. It's like 14. I uh, used to go antiquing a lot with my parents, sometimes still do. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I saw like one album that I didn't really know the band, but I thought the cover looked cool. So that's kind of how it started. Right. I got two or three of them. And then as my dad started showing me a lot more of the like classic rock bands and stuff like that, I just progressed to where i'm starting to pick up records and now i have a player and then my grandpa had a box of a bunch of old country records mm -hmm. and it was a machine that could record them on the cds right so that got me into the act of you had to sit there in real time and space out the songs so um, i listened to a bunch of albums i didn't necessarily like all the music mm -hmm. like some of them were better than others but just getting into the act of listening to a record like that right. got me interested like what if i find records i really like and right. I do the same thing just sit down and listen to them and, and so that uh, the big box is kind of what started expanding your. Do you think it expanded your musical taste or just your uh, your interest for records? I'd say both, because uh, I'm at the point now I have like over a thousand of them and just mm -hmm. collecting more rare things and trying to find things that you can really only get on mm -hmm. vinyl. Right. Because that's kind of I guess one of the bigger points to me is like there's no other way to hear this. Yeah. That and stuff that's uh, mixed for like 5.1 surround to where. You know, a record's made to be a record played through a system. And right. I'm um, a big audiophile in that aspect of, like, all the different panning and techniques. Mm -hmm. Just, it's awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, no offense, a lot nerdier than I can get down with. But <laughs> I admire it because, one, it's a passion that you're some – dang flies – that you're very <laughs> – that you're very knowledgeable about. And if you – I've been to your room. You might not remember. Now that sounds weird. But oh, – That's coming back. <laughs> But uh, your collection of not only records, but also tapes, 
uh, and just different media is super cool. Um, he is for the win, you know? Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, analog, dude. We bring it back. <laughs> but uh, how, what... Once again, we're going back to the preserving. What is your, uh, what's your drive for that preservation of these old medias? Um, but besides, I know the some things are meant to be, right? Meant to be stay in this state, uh, meant to be consumed in the era, uh, if you will. But, but to preserve all of those artifacts, almost, <laughs> uh, it's it's a collecting bug that I admire but also don't fully comprehend um i think the collecting is like i mean as far as like a hereditary thing uh mm -hmm. from my parents but uh like i kind of said with like the records like getting into that act and just listening to a record all the way through mm -hmm. and that's like the perfect way to do it because right. it's the actual physical media you can't listen to any more past that it's literally right there that's all right. you can hear so yeah i guess just finding out that there was so many albums by so many bands and mm -hmm. One of those people that will, I think that's part of the collecting is collecting the knowledge of it too. Uh, you know, you hear the first album by a band, like let's say, like the Flaming Lips is a good example of this for me. Mm -hmm. They start off as like a noise punk band mm -hmm. and they slowly morph up and you hit 1999, they're doing the Soft Bulletin. It's like, how the right. hell did they get here? Yeah, the transformation. The it's, some of the bands, it's just incredible. Like, because some bands, like one band that comes to mind, the old 97s, mm -hmm. they start off doing country rock. And mm. they're still doing country rock, but they're really good at it, and I like that. And I'll, right. I'll still listen to all their stuff. But the growth of other bands and the changes and the mm -hmm. leaves, like, that's the really cool part. And I right. think that's what the collecting inherently brings, because if you're getting all these things, you're reading about them, and right. it's all just storing up. And you're tra uh, with that knowledge comes tracking progress. And I think uh, no matter what your passion is, you love to see people grow in it. Yeah. Uh, so what got you into? Well, I mean, everyone likes music at a surface level, um, but what was your musical influence around growing up? Like, uh, I understand that people had, your grandfather <laughs> had uh, a lot of country records, but uh, what was being played uh, in your house? Um, not like a lot that I can remember. <laughs> uh listen to like really bad music with my mom in the car and you know once you kind of hit that age where you turn against one of your parents you're like maybe i don't like this right um <laughs> but i think yeah just my dad showing me some stuff gave me some room to like grow off that and having mm. the internet i mean spending hours reading oh, yeah. pages on bands like i love doing that it's definitely like, or you find an actor and you're like well what else were they in exactly yeah it's the same <laughs> and you'll see that with musicians definitely oh, musicians yeah. in other bands but it's the getting invested in not only the music but also the wow the artist i the person behind the music i almost just got really behind cheesy <laughs> but um what, what was the really bad music that your mom was playing in the car we were bumping some nickelback hell yeah dude um, creed yeah oh yeah she loves creed Hell yeah. And then, you know, like my weird stuff gets in, like, you know, Kids Bop, it's trendy. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, Weird Al, which is the only thing I think that stuck this whole time. Like, right. I still, I don't know, uh, I think he's a really quality artist. He doesn't get enough, like, respect for Definitely. what he's doing. I, I've always admired Weird Al, um, mo mostly from a comedic standpoint. Oh, yeah. He's but he's musically talented. and But, yeah, the creative brain of that man is great. 
And some people bite him because he only makes parodies. Like, make your own songs. He does. Well, even on his, yeah, his normal records, he'll usually do half and half. Right, exactly. And his polka melodies, like, you, they're almost original, I would say, because he's putting in all these pop songs and weaving them together, like, right. seamlessly. Yeah. And it, it that's... Uh, Back to collaboration. Um, but that is something like that cohesiveness. It's not so much collaboration as much of a mashup. But that's exactly what I I like the uh, the relativity, uh, how things fit together, um, how they making them relatable, uh, no matter if it's just sounds or words or a story. Um, I forgot where I was going to continue to go. Uh, oh, what was your dad playing then? Um, for music? Yeah. Uh, first things that come to mind, well, one really specific moment, which is where I think I got into rock music, was uh, the Beatles' one CD. Mm-hmm. And I had a CD player that, because my sister was like a 90s kid, so she had one, just mm-hmm. let me use it. I went over to my grandma's house, and I just like sat on a couch and just listened to that start to finish. Right. And that was kind of like a big brain moment. I was like, well, recognizing all the songs, too, and like, you know, finally putting a name to like, oh, this song, that song, yeah. from television and whatever else. Right. And then the, the references have finally been pulled together. I guess part of the collecting thing would be uh, like my dad had a CCR box set, but it wasn't the studio albums. Mm-hmm. It was just literally every song they've ever done. Wow. So listening to that, just like, you know, disc one, it's like them in their early days and then right. so on. Tracking the progression again. So that got yeah. me just interested because then I like knew like almost all their songs when I listened to the records. I'm like, man, all these records have like all the hits on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> man, these are all the greats. Yeah. Um, that, that's how I got. <laughs> Not so similar now that I'm thinking about it, but uh, Biggie Smalls' greatest hits and Red Hot Chili Peppers' greatest hits. Those two CDs were in. I'm also, I'm black. I'm half black and half white. So now that I say it, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> but those two CDs were in my were in my car like from the age of uh, 17 to 22. I had those two CDs almost always, and I I know every. I know every song, but also those have made me look to see where the other or check out the other albums because of these greatest hits. So I'm a big fan of greatest hit CDs or albums for that purpose because it shows me other songs that I didn't know, like especially with the Red Hot Chili Peppers, because they have such a large catalog. They got some cool stuff. Yeah, okay, you know, I'm a Red Hot Chili Peppers fan. You don't have to shame me for oh, it. Oh, no, right? um, I'm a fan myself. Uh, the drummer I was telling you about, Pat Cargill, uh, mm. is friends with, I think his, it's his nephew. Anthony Kiedis' nephew? Yeah. yeah. Uh, went to Lowell, so he's, like, good friends with him. He got to go backstage at Lollapalooza. And he, oh, hell yeah. He's a really good piano player, uh, the drummer that I had. Mm-hmm. And he got to play the Maple Leaf rag for, uh, like, Flea. Damn. And he re- said he really liked it, so that's kind of yeah. cool. Hell yeah. So that... I don't know, anytime you get to meet, like, someone like that, that, like, you know, you admire musically, it's, it's a good right. time. Right, definitely. Uh, this episode of Where Is This Going is brought to you by Off The Grid, house of the vintage and handcrafted and created in secret. Off The Grid is located at 2863 West Shore Drive, apartment 114, here in Holland, Michigan. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m., and now open on Sundays, noon to 5 uh, off the grid has everything you need from a new style to a new glass piece for your smoking. Uh, Alex and Bruce down there have curated a great selection of vintage apparel and premium glass, and you can even grab a snack while you're down there. It's it's a really great vibe. The whole thing is uh, 
like I said, curated with you in mind. Uh, let let them take care of you down there. And if you mention the podcast, where is this going? Tell them we sent you and get ten percent off uh, any merchandise purchased in the store. And please check them out off the grid, located at twenty eight sixty three West Shore Drive, apartment one fourteen, Holland, Michigan. And back to the show. So we will move on to what's happening now. So the Ryan experience now, we have a new album, or is that what we're calling it? I don't know what to call these things. Um, albums, EPs, I don't know what anything um, means. A mixtape? Someone help me. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So I guess with the preservers kind of ending, uh, started doing the experience project. and <laughs> Sorry, go on. Um <laughs> uh, I've done five records overall. This mm-hmm. uh, one you have here being uh, my newest one, but yeah, just slowly started working with uh, these guys along the way. And when uh, the old Patrick left, we brought in the new Patrick, who's nice. on the cover of that. But it's oh yeah, the five people I've been playing with for like the past two years. He's on the back cover or the front cover? Uh, he's on the front. Okay, right there in the blue sweatshirt. That's Pat number two, Pat Bainey, Big Pat. That's what we call him. Oh, <laughs> my bad. I didn't know which shot you were in. Oh, geez, what? don't switch on me. And Jerry's on the back and the front as well, and he's been working with Jerry for forever. He's great at everything. Uh, Mitchell's on the front. He's doing cello, bass, guitar, singing. Kyle's doing some keys and singing. He's on there, too. So they're all uh, really good people that I've worked with, and they're primarily featured on this record, but, mm. you know, it's I like the idea of, like, you see the picture of the band, and you're like, that's got to be them, right? Right. Not exactly. That's not, that's yeah. not it. There's always more to the picture. Yeah. Hell yeah. But so, like you know. said, there was like 36 yeah. other uh, artists to collaborate well, on this. Artists. Art- <laughs> we'll call them. If I'm even one myself, you know. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm calling myself one. Oh. So. Well, I guess if that's how we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> They'll let anybody in this club. Uh, all you got to do is be um, semi-employed or not. It really doesn't matter. No, no. Uh, and chasing some kind of dream. I don't I don't know. Um but yeah, sorry. Go on. So, um, the, uh, the credits of this album. Go on. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm a big just because I am like a collector. I like crediting like every mm. little part, you know. So that's how all the people get counted. So at the end, I'm like, oh, you know, this p- many people. But mm. uh, yeah, so the new one's called the Onion Tree, mm-hmm. and it's a thematic album, but not necessarily like a concept album. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's got a bunch of different people on it. Those five guys on the front or on. Almost all of it, but then I have like uh, my old drummer Pat Cargill on a few songs, and mm-hmm. Jeremy's on there from the Preservers, and Karina from the Preservers. Right. People from the, you know the punk band and just other music collaborators I've met at shows. And Hell yeah, and so, uh, I like keeping that connection throughout the community, and also shedding light, or not only shedding light, but just saying, hey, I would like you to work on this just because I appreciate your music or your talent. Yeah, is absolutely. It's very admirable, and I think it's something that we a lot of people need to keep in mind too. I mean, if you look at West Michigan, there's so many awesome people that are playing different stuff, and then meeting these people at shows is already cool enough to like share the space. But like, uh, take Sam Kenny for instance. You know, he's Mm -hmm. great at violin, great at trumpet, great at singing. You know, like being able to reach out and be like, "Do you want to play on this song?" Right. It adds a lot to the track as well as like you know just that cross connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's bringing, I mean, bring, introducing a new voice, uh, voice being a trumpet or violin or, but a new voice and a new style and a new feel um, from a different a different background, uh, and just having that speak through on, 
on whatever's already established, you know, or having it add to the establishment is my favorite thing is people bringing stuff together that all speak kind of for itself, but yeah. speak to the the union, you know, the one <laughs> bigger thing, yeah. I guess. Uh, it's weird. I'm a odd big picture guy and I'm trying <laughs> not to get deep. Um, I just like I love I don't know. I l- haven't held a CD in a long time. <laughs> They're great. <laughs> or a I CD have, case. And I get a lot myself, you know, a good show. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yes, this does, it tracks everything that you guys do on basically, geez, so much writing. How is How was organizing this? Uh, Jeremy is the guy for that. Any, mm-hmm. almost all of my releases, he's made the artwork look fantastic. Uh you know, I, I like that aspect, too, you know, like, because you might as well, if you're making a CD, make it look cool. Like. Exactly. And informative, too. Yeah, I mean, he's got it, everything. No one could say they weren't, you know, credited, you know, especially exactly. with the style of the project being somewhat of a solo thing. Like, mm-hmm. I feel it's like almost a duty, you know, you have to credit these people. Right. Credit where credit is due. Right. Uh, with your name on it, you have to make sure that the other names are seen. I, yeah. Yeah. Definitely understand. Now, The Onion Tree. Where did this name come about? Or how, I guess. Either early this year, or not not this year. Whoa, what am I? It's <laughs> 2021. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, early 2020 or just before. had this crazy dream, and I was just about to put out my last record, which was called Funky Town. Mm-hmm. And so that was a couple of weeks away, and I was kind of getting stuff prepared around for that, getting the file sent. Mm-hmm. Had this dream, and <laughs> <laughs> I, I was walking through this field, just the sun's poking through the trees. It's just it's beautiful looking, almost like a nice barn painting. Mm-hmm. And there's this tall like oak tree, and there's these pearly like red onions on there. I mm-hmm. just took one down and just took a big bite out of it. <laughs> and I I said one from the onion tree like in my dream, and I woke up instantly and like had to write it down. Yeah, yeah. But it was yeah. I get a lot of stuff from dreams and just subconscious stuff. I do a lot of lucid dreaming, like. Without Le- intentionally doing it. Oh, I was going to say, do you have you intentionally loose, uh, tried to... I have, I have most of the control. Dream lucidly? Nice. Uh, but yeah, I, weird stuff oh. happens. So sometimes, you know, you got to pick up on some of the stuff. Especially right. when you first wake up. It's like, if I don't write this down now, exactly. it's gone. Yeah, and I've had that... I've made that mistake many a times. Not so much... I mean, I I, I write uh, humorly. What? I write jokes. Um <laughs> I'm a writer in the form of jokes, and that's mostly it. I'm so sorry. Excuse me. I might have one, too. <laughs> Come on. Okay, nice. Oh, I, I'm sorry if I talked over it. My bad. Um, but so much is lost for me, not only in dreams, whether it be like, oh, there was a really funny thing from this conversation that we were having. I wish I would have wrote it down in that moment. But... I don't have a lot of funny things that happen in my dreams. It's mostly scary or sad. Um, But I should write them down to draw from them because I know that there's a lot of stuff going on that you should tune into uh, in your subconscious. But so having the wherewithal um, and I guess the the motivation or the uh, stick-to-itiveness to actually write it down because I always just go, I'll remember it. Never do. I had this little, uh, like, handheld recorder that i'll sometimes do like bootlegs of shows and stuff mm-hmm. so it's perfect you know the guitar is on standby grab it right record it quick oh, just yeah. to scratch out an idea and a lot of the writing is sometimes freeform as far as like 
you know, I'm singing nonsense, and then a line sticks out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. You're like, all right, use that. Build. And, you know, if I if I don't have, like, the finished thing or I guess the first draft of the thing within, you know, 20, 30 minutes is probably not going to happen. Right. So you got to strike while the iron's hot. And, mm-hmm. you know, that really makes for the best results, I think. Yeah, definitely. While you're in the little flow, the flow state. As and then you listen to it tomorrow. If you hate it, then, you know, <laughs> goodbye. I'll, I'll sleep on it. And, nope, this sucks. All right. Um, so the songs are written lyrically by you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the music and the lyrics. I mean, the music with the individual parts. I can't speak for, but mm-hmm. the basic chord progressions and right. you know, like we should end here. The stuff formation like that. of it. Yeah. So yeah, just a lot of the engineering side, and then I'm the one who's setting up all the mics generally. Uh, yeah. There are some songs on there that we did outside, Ooh. which was really cool over at Jerry's house, which is a venue slash campground now. Mm-hmm. It's Camp Clear Sky. Uh, we did four or five of the songs on the album. Tracking them outside with guitar, bass, and drums. Now, how is that effect different? I mean, I'm, I know it's very different, but uh, what is the difference of effect? I guess being out outside. I really liked actually recording it and mm-hmm. having the space out there and like, you know, I guess yeah, the openness was very nice, especially mm-hmm. like with not being able to see people much. Right. But I guess the sound. I don't really. I mean, we were back off in the woods to stay away from the road. We were, like, being precautious about it as far as making right. sure that we wouldn't have that many interruptions. There's mm-hmm. an airplane sound very faintly in the back <laughs> of the beginning of one of the songs, but that's really all you're getting out of it. Nice. The drums maybe sounded a bit more, I guess, open, because, you know, that's the biggest room you can put a drum set. Right. <laughs> Outside. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no walls. No uh, walls. Yeah. There's nothing for it to bounce off of. Um, but I w- was that... Primary. So, did you record all of this during uh, the pandemic? Uh, no. Because mm. I know I, I'm assuming the outdoors uh, recording was because that of the was, pandemic. That was part of it. Yeah. Uh, so it started off early 2020, I think, is when we really hit the ground running, mm-hmm. and it started off with like songs like "The Onion Tree" and some of the earlier tracks in the album. Mm-hmm. which I was able to track with Patrick while he was home, I think still from a Christmas break. Right. So getting those in while they're around and then... Uh, Before shit hit the fan. Yeah, some of those songs weren't written yet and some kind of got written along the way from like, you know, a couple jam sessions mm-hmm. and then getting to the ones that I had... I guess the ones we, do, we did outside specifically were ones I definitely set aside for the group of people I've been playing with. Right. So that was kind of the intent was hanging on to these anyways to get together to do a session. Yeah. Which just we would have done at Jerry Sauce, I think, inside anyways. Mm-hmm. So doing it outside just made sense at the time. And then there's a couple, you know, I think I might have worked with myself and the drummer over at my house a select few times during the pandemic. Right. Just to get that backing track started. Yeah. And then, you know, sending it out to people. Right. So they can get started on, yeah, the whole collaborative part. Like the song Breakfast uh, was the single, I guess, for the record. We did a music video and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But that one especially, like, I just did it, the guitar and the drums and almost all the, like, other parts were just remotely done right but it makes a really cool sound at the end but you know reaching out to all these different people like oh like here play a part on this and now is that something that you have had you done that being a uh a collaborative force have you had you done that before the pandemic um yeah uh especially with people like sam kenny and right these i guess more busy musicians Mm -hmm. you know it's a lot easier they have the equipment right and I'd probably prefer that they have as much time as they need to mess with it. Yeah. And then, you know, people I'm 
more acquainted with or like you know they're like oh i'd like to go over there and do it they don't have the equipment mm-hmm. uh man i'm always gonna welcome people in like that you know right how did you get so once again knowledgeable but how did you, uh so hands-on about the recording process uh because a lot of musicians i mean would love to be recorded <laughs> would uh but or would love to have their own studio but just don't have the the knowledge to do so or was there a, a motivation for that uh i guess pr- pursuit of not only making music but engineering it well yeah i mean i guess like with not liking how like the first preservers record sounded mm-hmm. and then we did the second one ourselves and that's still not very great i mean it's pretty good for like what we were able to do and like getting that first taste of like oh we're doing the record ourselves we're tracking it in our own space right we have a semi-decent like program we got some microphones you know mm-hmm. bare minimal microphones but right. uh and then just getting into uh, i've done a video series for a while that it's kind of dormant now i've been wanting to get back into it but it's difficult now to try and arrange it right but that was a big part of it like working with jerry because he's done a lot of the mixing for my past records cause that's one area where i'm not too strong in but the mm-hmm. engineering part itself i really enjoy so from there i'd listening to other music forms too like with going back to our records like yeah you're like well i want it to kind of sound like this you know the balance right of everything it's just inspiration yeah and then you make some of those musical connections by doing these videos you have a band come over do a music session mm-hmm. you're like oh i'd really like to jam with you sometime and you know sometimes right. it pans out sometimes it doesn't right and i'm sure you uh you make a lot more a lot more friends because you have the the equipment and uh the knowledge uh that a lot of like I said, a lot of other musicians don't have, um, and whether it just be drive or lack of knowledge or motivation, um, but it's a great it's a great way to meet more musicians. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's an easy way to uh, improve a craft that, like, if you already want to do it, like, like if you want to get into doing video and audio stuff, the easiest way is to like just do exactly that, just get exactly. into it. Right. Uh, start from the ground up, not just being in front of the video or on the microphone, but yeah learning about the video and microphone which hey i get it i need to do i need to learn about <laughs> this stuff uh but i operating in ignorance is is my strong suit i mean sometimes you know it's nice to have that space already set up to where you can come in and not have to worry about it but right thank you jake thank you <laughs> which that's kind of what i'm gonna try and be offering with the space that i'm gonna be launching at some point i don't mm-hmm. know when i'm not ready yet but <laughs> We're not ready to put put it on the books. Uh, we're not making anything official, but yeah. um, but that, I mean that is, it's a one. It's not only a decent lucrative endeavor, or possibly, but it it is a great way to not only meet more of the community, but also be a t- a helpful tool in the community. Yeah. And I mean that's what I try to do here with the podcast is the artistic community of West Michigan. I'm trying my best to be not only a part of, but a helpful tool. Uh, Absolutely. And trying to get you guys out there. And so I thank you for allowing me to be the tool that I am. You're a tool. (laughs) (laughs) Duly noted. uh, You wouldn't be the first. Uh, Is there anything that you want to get to? Is there any more that you would like to expand on? Uh, do you feel that you were misrepresented in this interview at all? Uh, <laughs> um, it's kind of fun. Uh, I mean, sometimes I get into like direct specifics about things, but I, you know, it's fun just to uh, 
roll with it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because like, I am wondering, because I was telling someone earlier, I was doing this podcast, where is this going? <laughs> and I still don't know. And I st- hey, it's not going very far. I can tell you that. Uh, we got maybe 12 more episodes before I call it quits. Um, <laughs> kidding. Kidding. I love it here. Please watch these. Um, <laughs> what songs will you be praying? Or song or songs? Have you decided? Uh, I haven't. You have not? No. You have not decided between one or two or between any song. I was just going to open the notebook and play one. Amen, brother. I like that. Well, I think now is as good a time as any to open the floor. And then, you know what? Hey, everybody. (laughs) I don't know what, so I don't know why I asked you. Um, You can follow Ryan on Instagram, once again, at Ryan exp that's r-y-n-e because who knows how to spell that r-y-n-e <laughs> exp follow him on instagram uh is the ryan experience on spotify yeah we're on all the streaming platforms all the streams soundcloud <laughs> thank you all, all my homies hate soundcloud you dude know, all my quote. homies hate SoundCloud. Yep. <laughs> that's a quote from my buddy align he said that i once. like that <laughs> Uh, so thank you, Align, for that, because, I, yeah, I think everyone I know hates SoundCloud. Yeah, as they should. Um, I'm kidding. Shout out No Probcast, the only podcast I know that's on SoundCloud. Oh, um, <laughs> but they also just made a jump to YouTube, so they're doing big things. Um, but, yeah, do you have a YouTube? Because uh, I know you yeah. said videos. Um, so that's actually the name of my website as well. It's my first name, R-Y-N-E, and then Shine with a Y. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm going to be, like, launching services for opening up my studio space eventually, doing more music sessions. Awesome. Listing, uh, I have a few other artists' merch as well as a bunch of my own uh, records, CDs, tapes. got a bunch of physical media. Hell yeah. We got some hoodies made that with a little NASCAR logo on it. Mm-hmm. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, once again, um, check out rhineshine.com. Yeah. Uh, dot club dot club yeah I, I know it's a weird domain no that's even better that's it's uh, exclusive <laughs> it's uh, very exclusive <laughs> you can get into this club $100 cheaper <laughs> for the domain <laughs> that's very exclusive group <laughs> um check out rhineshine.club uh where you can i'm sure also purchase this cd the onion tree yeah we'll have there's that cd all the releases that all the major releases i've done and mm-hmm. then uh soon to be a record of that cd coming in a few months awesome pressed to vinyl and you can also speaking of vinyl check out ryan on the radio oh yep uh for for the record you know it's records we're for him uh, <laughs> 12 to 3 p.m eastern on wrww 92.3 fm the red arrow network Woo! that is www.lowellradio.org nice damn kids made for radio uh and this will be ryan uh playing us out or in we don't know when we're gonna put it in but anything else you'd like to leave us with uh no no i just like putting people on the uh, spot well uh, i mean that i can't think of anything that wouldn't be like a, a lengthy discussion you know oh yeah well okay well you want to have another lengthy discussion i mean we could <laughs> no i'm ready to wrap it up uh <laughs> you guys can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at the underscore Hunter Miles. You can follow the podcast on Instagram at Where Is This Going Pod and on Twitter at Where Is This Gopo. Follow us. Subscribe. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit the button thing so you get notified when we go on. It's a bell. You know it. And enjoy. Thank you guys so much for watching. Follow Ryan. He's awesome. Check out the Ryan experience. Look it up on all the streams. And Rhineshine.club. That's R Y N E 
S-H-Y-N-E dot club. Buy a Subaru. Hell yeah. Will you stand in wait as I 